Good morning. If you have your Bibles, I ask you to turn over to Psalm chapter 42. We'll be looking at Psalm 42 and 43 in our time together this morning. There's a, an old song, <clears throat> maybe you remember it from years back, it says something like this. Once upon a time, the world was sweeter than we knew. Everything was ours, how happy we were then. Or maybe the Gordon Lightfoot song, which part of which says something like this. The feelings are gone and I just can't get them back. Do you ever want to return to the good old days? We can say that in a lot of different ways. But to make it personal, I'd say this. Are there times in your life where you'd say, I just want to get back to the way it was? And when you say you want to get back to the way it was, you don't mean a life of corruption and vileness. No, you mean I want to be able to come to church and just love and enjoy the singing and take in the word and be reading and witnessing. But I'm not there. It may be because of an illness that's come into your life. It may be because of other circumstances. It may be because of relationships which have just so restricted you and constricted you that you just long for the good old days. Have you ever been there? Are you there now? I was thinking my own experience. Probably one of the darkest moments of my life was in college. Now, now if you're going to college or in college, God bless you. I, I, I had some wonderful times at college too, okay? But, but, but I, I remember a time in my life when, when I, I was, it seemed like I was running on all cylinders. I mean, out doing stuff for the Lord, doing college ministry, just doing all kinds of stuff, taking in the word, growing like crazy. And then it was like a darkness came over my life. Deep doubts about things. And, and it was just this cloud just, just was there. And I, I couldn't get outside of the cloud. And I prayed and I just would say again and again, God... I just want to get back to here. Do you ever have those experiences? Do you ever want for those kinds of things? I mean, they're not like gross, terrible, vile desires, are they? It's just like, God, take this away so I can be here. If you've ever had those kinds of thoughts like me, like many other believers then you will be able to resonate with Psalm 42 and 43. Because that is exactly where the psalmist is when you read this passage. I want you to notice two things as we come to this text. And, and once again, you say, oh, Finkbinder, you have two chapters. Yeah, but there's only 11 verses in one and five in the other. It's only 16, so no big deal. But as we come to these, uh, here, here is a man being honest with God, pouring out his heart to God. And it is so meaningful and it so resonates that at some point, 
the musicians of the nation of Israel said, we need to sing this one. Because too many people have that experience. Do you see? And that's what happens. But I want you to notice. Have you noticed when, 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 when you're in this place in your life where you just feel, God, I'm just in a cloud and I can't get out from underneath it. And you pray that your prayers tend to be somewhat repetitive. You know, and you pray about the same thing and then you cycle back again, you cycle back again. That's exactly what happens in, this, in, in these two Psalms, which are best to be read together. And what you'll find is there's four recurring elements which surface three times in this text. Let me give them to you real quickly, then we'll actually work through the passage. Here are the four elements. The psalmist will emphasize his difficult situation, which is characterized for him by isolation and opposition. Haven't you found when you, the cloud sets in, you feel alone? And, and you, it doesn't mean you don't talk to others. It just means you feel isolated from others. And so a difficult situation is one thing you find. He wanted to be there. He is here. Secondly, a passion, a longing to be restored. And, and not to be restored to a place of, I'm going to just live anyway. No, just to be in a place again where I'm just fully enjoying God and all his blessings. Doesn't sound like a bad thing to me, does it? Thirdly, he's here, difficult, wants to be there. That's his passion. But because he's here and he's not there, he's really, really frustrated. Because this doesn't end. Wherever he walks, there's a cloud. But there's one more element. And this one is critical. He's here, wants to be there, and on this level, he's frustrated. But there's a growing reorientation as he looks at God even as he's still here and wants to be there. Make sense? You will see those four elements running through again. Difficult situation, a passion to be here, frustration because I'm still here, but God is ticking me and reorienting me in the process. The psalm itself has three cycles. And if you had a chance to read through it, what you'll notice, you probably are saying when you read through the psalm, hey, I'm hearing some repetition. You will. Because what you'll find is the psalmist will give his lament in verses 1 to 4 of chapter 42. And then he'll give this refrain, if you will. He'll give this hopeful reflection in verse 5. Listen to what he says. Why, my soul, are you cast down? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And then there's another lament in verses 6 to 10. And look what he does in verse 11. Why, my soul, are you cast down? Why so disturbed within me? 
Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And then again, a prayerful lament in chapter 43, verses 1 to 4. Look at how it ends in verse 5. Again, the reflection. Why, my soul, are you cast down? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Does that make sense? So I want to work through these three cycles. And as we do, we want to try to enter into this guy's experience. Now, I wish I could tell you who this was. I don't know who the psalmist is. Yeah, I'd like to say David, because so many of them are David. But we don't know who this guy is. All we know, we know he's some leader connected to Israel. I guess if I had a guess, I would say somebody that's connected to the Levitical system and, 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 and leading people in worship, okay? But I don't know. All I know is, like the Dickens, he just wants to be back in Jerusalem with all the people of God and leading people in worship and saying, it's great to be here in Jerusalem and doing this. And he's not there. And I don't know why he's not there exactly. I just know he's not there. He wants to be there. And there's people opposing him that apparently are keeping him from being there. Who it is, I don't know. But it can be the experience of everyone in here. Do you know that? Where you just long for this. But here's where you find yourself. So listen to what he says in this lament here in chapter 42, verses 1 to 4. And this picks right up on the psalm. I mean, the song that we were singing a little bit earlier. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Do you hear what he's saying? He is away from Jerusalem. He wants to be back there worshiping at the, in the tabernacle or the temple, depending upon who it is exactly. But that's what he wants. You know, um, I've only been really, really, really thirsty a couple times in my life. But the one time that comes to my mind, and this was like so stupid on my part, but it is what it is. <clears throat> We were up in Maine. Anybody ever been to Acadia National Park up there in Maine? It's a great park. They got this one, one of them's called the Precipice, and it's, it's, it's marvelous. It's wonderful. I just, I loved it. Well, stupid me being the, who I am. I'm there with my kids, and with my, I think it was just my three older boys. I don't think Josh, did you come on that? Josh, okay. You were, you were really a little tight then. But we said, hey, let's do the Precipice. And I looked up, I said, well, that doesn't look that far. Up in an hour, back in an hour. It's kind of cool right now. Let's go. Didn't have any water. Didn't have any food. And we just took off. Four or five hours later till we got back. And by the time I got to the top of that, because, I mean, you're climbing and doing all kinds of stuff. I mean, and plus I'm thinking, why am I bringing my youngest boy anyway? But anyway, we got to the top. And when I got to the top, I was so thirsty. I mean, I would have drank anything. Well, it was blueberry season, fortunately. And I ate more blueberries coming down that mountain than I've ever eaten in my entire life. The whole way down, I said, kids, wait a second. <laughs> I mean, I got to just get liquid from something. 
And I'm just, it's terrible. And when I got to the top of that mountain, all I could think about is, I want to drink something. Stupid, why didn't you do something? But I didn't. That's all I could think about. And the psalmist is at this point in his life, and he says, God, you know, when I think of deers that are cutting up to a path, and they finally find a brook, and they just lap away, or when you have dummies that take their children to the precipice and don't take any water with them, you know, when I think of that, that's how I feel about you. I long to be here. As the deer pants, I long to be here, but I feel like I'm in this cloud and I can't get there. Look at how he explains the situation here in verse 3. My tears have been my food day and night. What do you eat? I just cry. I just, I weep all the time. But you know what makes it worse? While people say to me all day long, where is your God? It's not just like I'm here and not there, but there's people around me saying, aren't you supposed to be a Christian? So your God's supposed to be changing your circumstances? Where is your God? And sometimes we're not sure. We're not the truth. So to add insult to injury, he's isolated, he longs, and people are taunting him in the process. Verse 4. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. I just loved what I was doing then. But I'm here. What keeps you here? Perhaps it's an illness. Perhaps it's people. Perhaps it's other circumstances. You long for good things. But you're here. So he laments. And in verse 5, he gives this refrain where there's hope. Um, I think it was John Piper, I can't remember who, one of those guys, used the expression that from, for so many of us, the problem is we tend to listen to ourselves rather than talk to ourselves. And I think he gets it from a passage like this because what you have is you have the psalmist talking back to himself in verse 5. Look at what he says. Why? My soul, are you cast down? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Have you ever tried to counsel yourself? It's not always successful, I get that. But that's what the psalmist is trying to do. He's here, he wants to be there. 
And he's frustrated and God seems so far away and he's crying and it's hard. And he says, almost like he steps out and talks back to himself, right? And says, hey, hey, stop it. (laughs) Do you ever do that? Stop it. It's hard to stop, isn't it? And he says, look, 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 let me counsel my, let me talk to myself rather than listen to myself. And when I talk to myself, what I want you to know is this. You can hope in God even while you're here. But I'm not there. You're right. Perhaps in God's good grace you will. But you can hope while you're here. Okay. And the psalmist says, you know, I'm pouring my my heart out to God, so I just gave you cycle one, but... Can I cycle back and tell you again kind of what I just said, but in different words? And that's what he does. Look at what he does here then in verse 6 and following to the end of the chapter. Second cycle. And again, he's going to end up counseling himself. But listen to what he says in verse 6. My soul is downcast within me, which I think is kind of interesting because he, hasn't he just talked to himself? Soul, why are you cast down? Hope in God. But then he jumps back to this lament again, and he says, it's like he's talking back, and he says, yeah, but my soul is downcast. And sometimes that idea of downcast can, all, can almost have the idea of, of drowning. I've never drowned, but I've a couple times come pretty close. Where, man, I've drunk enough water on rapids, thinking like, I don't think I'm going to come up again. I mean, you, 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 one of my sons who's not here was a, was, was a guide and had us down a couple times to go down these rivers, and I don't know if he's trying to kill me or what, but, but, uh, but man, I'd, tell you, I'd, go, I'd go out of that thing, and he's <laughs> just, just not a good, you know. And, and, and so, so he says, don't be downcast, and then he kind of responds back to himself, and he says, Yeah, but I feel like I'm kind of almost drowning. Isn't that what it's like sometimes? My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar, which we're not sure where that is. Deep calls to deep and the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. Now, if you've ever been over to Israel and you ever get way up north to Mount Hermon, the base near Caesarea Philippi, there is, um, there is some wonderful waterfalls that come down. And it seems like if this, maybe this is where the psalmist is. Maybe he's way north for some, and I don't know why he's there. Don't have a clue, okay? Or maybe he's just working off of this imagery. But what he's saying here is this. When you're way up there and those waves are crashing down from, from the mountain and you can't hear anything but that, you can feel so isolated and distant because it's scary. It's crashing down. It's only you. All you hear is... It's all you hear. 
And when he talks about water sweeping away, he may be talking about some kind of flash flood that kind of comes and just wipes everything away. And so what he says is, I'll tell you why I feel like I'm almost drowning. It's like being up there by Mount Hermon and I'm isolated and frankly, I'm afraid because I feel like I'm going to be swept away by this experience. Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever find yourself in these moments and it's not just that you're isolated, it's not just that you're frustrated, but you're downright scared. You feel like you're going to get swept away. And the psalmist says, I feel so alone that I'm going to get swept away. And God, you're allowing this. You know, if God wasn't all powerful, it wouldn't be so much of a big deal. Because I could just say he's a loving God, does the best shot he can, and life is rough, and so he does what he can with my life. But that's not true, is it? Now, it doesn't mean God's behind everything, but God is over everything. And the God who is over everything has allowed the psalmist to feel like he's drowning in this cloud of loneliness and frustration and fear. And he knows God's allowing it. And that just kind of adds insult to injury a little bit, doesn't it? So the man has no faith? Oh, no. Brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're with us and you don't know Jesus Christ, this, some of this is just family talk. If you're, if you're not a Christian, you, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. But if you're a Christian, you know what I'm talking about. For a true Christian... To be afraid doesn't mean you're faithless, does it? You can be in a situation where it's hard and frustrating. Your faith may flicker low, but it doesn't wither. It doesn't just go away. Oh, it, you're not always sure. But it's a true faith. And so listen to the response in verse 8. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. It almost sounds like he's schizophrenic, doesn't it? Wait a second. He's just said, I'm afraid. I'm isolated. People are opposing me. I'm frustrated. I don't want to be here. I want to be there. But I hear God's song at night, and I know he's with me during the day. You may call that schizophrenic. I call that the life of faith. Is it possible to feel this way and to be a person of faith in the midst of it? Absolutely. Is it hard? Yes. Is it hopeless? No. Verse 9. I say to God, my rock. How important are rocks, big rocks, when there's a lot of water around? And it's almost like the psalmist is saying, I've just given you image about water wiping things away and floods. And the only place to stand is on God. God is my rock. 
I say to God, my rock, God, I know you're my rock, but I have to still tell you how I feel. Look at this. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony, or the idea there is my bones suffer the break, breaking, being broken. As my foes taunt me, saying to me, all day long, where is your God? So what you find is faith, not faithlessness, faith in the midst of great pain. God, you're my rock. I'm standing on you even though I feel like you've forgotten me. People are still taunting me about where is your God. And the taunts are so painful that it's like my bones within me are being shattered and broken. What's that old thing we say? Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words can never harm me. Uh, Baloney. That's baloney. The taunts are so hard that he says, it feels like somebody has just taken some kind of a mallet and just cracked it down on my elbow and it broke. I just, ow, it's, ow, it hurts. That's what he says. God, I'm standing on you. You're my rock, but I think you forgot me. And you're allowing these taunts to hit me like bones being broken. Verse 11, he talks to himself again. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, And my God. You know what I love about these Psalms? They do two things. They help us express exactly how we feel. And then they shape how we should feel. Don't they? So on the one hand, he's able to feel life with all of its weight and all of its difficulty. Oh, I so much want to be there, but I'm here. My soul, while you're here, reorient and hope in God. Hope in him. You will praise him again. And then the psalmist says, can I tell you all this one more time? Chapter 43. And this lament is more of a prayer in verses 1 to 4. A petition. Vindicate me, my God, and plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. God, I'm here. I want to be there. And as I'm here, People are mocking me and taunting me in the whole process. It's so hard. God, will you vindicate me? I I can't do anything. God, I I, I have to leave it with you. Verse 2. Look at the faith. You are God, my stronghold. 
the psalmist realized he has no other place to go. Folks, where else can you go but to God when you're here? Is there any other place? God, you are my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning oppressed by the enemy? Lord God, please deliver me from them. And God, please get me back there. Let's look what he says in verse 3. Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, back to Jerusalem, to the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God. To God, my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the liar, O God, my God. God, 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 please deliver me. And somehow, God, guide me back. Because all I want to do is enjoy you. And again, the last refrain is in verse 5. Why, my soul, are you cast down? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't know what your cloud looks like. I don't know exactly how you got there. And I probably don't have a clue how to get you out of it. I'm just telling you. I can pray for you. Maybe I can give you some advice. But at the end of the day, there are these cloud experiences where there is no way out but God. Isn't that true? There's just no way. And what I can tell you is this. While you're here and you desire to be there, you can rest in a God who is for you, who will accomplish his purposes, and certainly bring you into his presence one day just as he has purposed. I thought about that. If you're living in the Old Testament, Jerusalem was everything. The temple was there. Sacrifices were there. The high priest was there. It was all there. So if you're way up in Galilee somewhere, you you ain't there. You're there. Is that true of us? Are we bound by a specific location? Now, look, I don't want to downplay being with the people of God on Sunday morning. You ought to do it. And there's a sense in which that's absolutely true. God does incredible things when we're together. So I, I get that. So this is nothing to say, hey, think about said we don't have to go to church anymore. That's not what I'm saying at all. Here's what I'm saying. In Jesus Christ... Like we sang, the veil has been destroyed. And we can come into the very presence of God through our blessed Lord Jesus Christ at any time.
Isn't that wonderful? So as hard as it was for that psalmist who just longed to be here, I get that. While I am here wanting it to be the way it used to be, whatever that means exactly, I can be here and here at the same time in a way that this psalmist could never be. That's one thing. The second thing I would say is this. I was with my dad, who's been in the hospital seven times since September, and um, finally came out yesterday again. And, and honestly, we're having discussions about funerals now. Just, we, you know, we're, I'm hoping God gives them five more years, but it, we're, just, we're, we're just trying to be good stewards. And I was with him yesterday. No, I'm sorry, not yesterday. I was with him Thursday. Thursday. And uh, what was it? I was earlier this week. Okay. And um, he told me, he said, you know, son, I really wish God would totally heal me. Because if you know my dad, he just wants to love God and serve him. That's it. I mean, it's not like, you know, so that I can hurt people the rest of my life. No. It's just like, he said, son, I, I really wish God would heal me and give me some more years. But you know what? I love him. And if he wants to take me home this week, that's okay. I long for that kind of faith. Kind of faith that says I'm here, I want to be there, but while I'm here, I will hope in God. And you know what happens if my dad passes away in the next couple weeks? Where will he be? In all of its fullness, he will be saying, this is the best worship ever. Won't he? This is hard for the psalmist. It is hard for us, but it's actually easier for us because of Jesus. So folks, I don't know where you are. And I know as a believer, your faith can flicker low, but it won't wither because you're in relationship with his son and that makes all the difference. I was reading something a couple weeks back that was just devastating to read. Did I bring it with me? I did. It is a very short, faithless prayer from a Jewish man who was watching people die while they were driven in a dank, vomit, and blood-laden, overcrowded truck from a ghetto in Hungary to Auschwitz. This was his prayer. Almighty God, why have you done this to us? Have you no heart, no feelings? Have you no eyes to see with? Have you no ears to hear with? Oh Lord, you are wicked. You are wicked as wicked as a man. And then his prayer ended. No, honestly, I can't imagine what he saw and what he went through. 
But if you know Jesus Christ, your faith doesn't have to wither. It, it, it can flicker, but it won't wither. And the psalmist, if he could be with us today, he would say, you know so much more than me. You know Christ. You know what he's done. You know he's coming. You know heaven much better than we did. Why? Why? Under the cloud is your soul cast down. Hope in God who will work his purposes in his time and whatever happens, for sure, one day you will be in his presence. Let's pray.